So Money episode 1535, Shame-Free Tax Help with Hannah Cole, founder of Sunlight Tax. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. When I sat down with my dad's accountant for the first time after getting out of art school, it was such a humiliating experience. I was mad. I was ill-served. I was. It was so upsetting to me that eventually, a little bit later down the road when I had a baby and the economics of my life turned on their head... I just was like, you know what? I know the company that needs to exist. It's it's a place where like people who are the weirdos and misfits can can just like get the basics. Like what are itemized deductions? What happens to my taxes when I get married? You know, just like the basic questions without being like judged and shamed and told that you're stupid. Welcome back to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Hope you had a delightful July 4th and possibly a long weekend. Today, we're talking about the importance of shame-free tax help because it's sometimes really hard to find the right person and the right kind of support. We've spoken to guests on this show, Queen Latifah, for example, who talked about being robbed by her financial advisor. I've personally had an accountant who was so terrible He was mean. He would blame me for mistakes on tax returns that he was filing for me. He said to me once, you should have known that. Aren't you a financial expert? And I was like, yeah, aren't you a CPA that I'm paying? So I fired him. And if you listen later in the show, you'll hear what happened to him. But today we're talking about how to find a good tax expert you can trust, who really understands you, especially if you work in the creative field, if you're an artist, you're a solo entrepreneur, why it's important to work with someone who understands the complexities that may come with your profession. And I know it's not tax season, but right now I think is a smart time to explore your options and just see who might be a good fit to help you prepare for your taxes come next year so you're not scrambling and you're not with someone you don't like. Our guest is Hannah Cole. She's the founder of Sunlight Tax, where she helps tens of thousands of creative and mission-driven self-employed people skill up with exceptional accessible tax and money education. She herself is a longtime working artist and she knows the financial challenges of freelancers and small businesses. Hannah is also the creator and host of Sunlight Podcast, where she offers clear judgment-free guidance on your tax questions. Here's Hannah Cole. Hannah Cole, welcome to So Money. Thank you. So nice to be here. Yeah. And every, everyone, uh, how Hannah and I connected was at our Pitch Please event that Susie Moore and I host in New York City um, annually. We took a few couple years off during the pandemic, but we are back, baby. And it's uh, one of my favorite things to do, frankly, uh, professionally and personally throughout the year is to have a day spent with incredible entrepreneurs like Hannah, uh, who fly in from all over the states and country and world. And the media. We have some incredible guests from the media world. For those guests who are especially courageous, uh, you come up to me and you say, I think I'd make a great guest on your show. And courageous and brilliant. Not enough people do this. And I and I encourage whoever is listening, like if you're at an event, if you feel intimidated and you want to talk to the host, 
just go up to her or him and have a, a normal conversation like Hannah and I did. And I, I really want to bring your advice to the audience, Hannah. You are a tax expert for uh, creatives, visionaries, the founder of Sunlight. And um, I want to give you the floor now to Kana. Tell us a little bit about why it's important to give the creatives and the, the visionaries, and I consider myself in that cohort, um, a different approach to tax education and prep. Sure. Well, so I'm, it's important to know that I'm an artist by training. I'm like literally the person everybody pointed to and we're like, you're not going to get any of this, you know? So I was given this message my whole life, like, this is not for you. <laughs> when I sat down with my dad's accountant for the first time after getting out of art school, um, it, he w it was such a humiliating experience that I just, I mean, I was mad. I was ill-served. Was, it was so upsetting to me that eventually, a little bit later down the road when I had a baby and the economics of my life turned on their head, uh, mm -hmm. you know, babies can do that to us. Um, I just was like, you know what? I know the company that needs to exist. It's, it's a place where like people who are the weirdos and misfits can, can just yeah. like get the basics. Like what are itemized deductions? What is like, what happens to my taxes when I get married? You know, just like the basic questions without being like judged and shamed and told that you're stupid. <laughs> so, well, it's, there's yeah. an incentive to telling the population that you don't, you really don't get this, you know, because then it keeps all of the others, the professionals in their profession and making money. I mean, I sometimes, yeah, That's I sometimes wonder, model. yeah, there's a benefit to, and this is across all industries, those who are in service to say like, oh, it's too hard. Let me figure it out for you. Mm -hmm. And I think really the message is this is time consuming and I want to help you say, give you your time back. Like, don't tell me I can't get this. Maybe it's that I should just be, I have different priorities. Okay. But at what point did you realize I want to, you know, do this professionally? There's There was that sort of aha moment of like, I'm not working with the right person or an, I need special sort of a special way of approaching this. And then you became that person for yourself and others. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I had another experience kind of along my path where I was working at this design agency in New York city. And, um, basically like it's a longer story, but the short version is that this company didn't know its numbers as, as a lot of companies do, you don't have to be creative to not really know if you're running a profitable business or not. Frankly, a lot of businesses are that way. And I kept being like, hey, we really need to get our books together. We really need to kind of know if we're spending too much. We just had this sense, right? That I, I just had the sense that we were. I, did, I wasn't trained in accounting yet at that point. But basically, finally, my boss, who was really brilliant and doing amazing work, like interactive design work, Basically, as soon as he did get his bookkeeping together and did sit down with an accountant, he realized he was bleeding money, that mm -hmm. he was actually spending money to be operating this difficult business. And essentially, the next week, all of us were called one by one into the office and let go. So, oh. so I just, I feel like, you know, creative people underrepresented people, historically marginalized people, we are the people who are told we're bad at this stuff. We tend to have kind of a scarcity mindset or a fear around this stuff, but we're the ones doing amazing work, you know, like yeah. we're the ones like with, with incredible ideas, like, and I want those ideas to come to the world. So mm -hmm. it just, it's so tragic to me that businesses don't have the financial power that they could have. 
Um, so I just, I just want that to feel easier for businesses mm-hmm. and, and individuals who are doing good work in the world. I appreciate what you said about shame. That's such a big theme mm-hmm. in people's financial lives and tax lives. Absolutely. And so at Sunlight Tax, what is your method and approach? And I suspect that maybe the first step is like inviting your clients into a safer space, into a more inclusive space, which goes a very long way. Absolutely. I mean, most people find me because I give a lot of tax workshops. Um, I do, you know, like about 100 speaking engagements a year. And so that's how people tend to find me because they've learned something from me. And then I have basically my my primary offering is a program that's pre-recorded videos and a, and a sort of simple bookkeeping, spreadsheet bookkeeping system. And I just, um, and I usually start people off with a one-on-one call and we just, I like to do like kind of a triage with people like, mm-hmm. okay, this, that's a lawyer question. That's an insurance question. These are tax questions. This is a right now thing. That's a later thing. Just that kind of basic, like, yes, this was one you need to worry about. This is one you don't need to worry about. Cause I just find that people bring so much fear, guilt, shame, and fear to the table. And I don't know, a lot of law-abiding tax-paying people in this country just feel like the IRS is going to knock on their door and give them a whole body cavity search. (laughs) It's like, it's not that bad. Right, right. What do you see as some of the biggest, the costliest mistakes that your clients make that seems to be maybe even (laughs) um, not specific to the creative community, but that is a pattern for some reason? Sure. Well, first of all, just for all of your listeners, Farnoosh, I just want everybody who feels like they don't know anything about taxes to like release the guilt there because we just do not have a tax education in this country. No, it's not you. (laughs) I mean, you were talking about that like model of of the companies saying like, oh, this is too hard. You don't understand it. Well, you really don't understand it because like there are companies lobbying so that we don't put that into civics classes. So it that's not on that that is on purpose. That is by design. Yes. That is by design that mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing. Um so I think one of the biggest things that people just have no idea about and don't learn until they're faced with penalties and interest and a huge tax bill is that when you are self-employed, when you have freelance income, that you are responsible for paying taxes quarterly, not annually. There's no letter that comes in the mail to announce this to you. It simply happens. And if you don't do it, you'll get penalties and daily interest on your unpaid balance. And um, a lot of people don't even know that they're paying penalties and interest because people are so scared of their tax returns that they don't even look at it. They like sign mm-hmm. it, stick in a drawer, and uh, and that's it. So like there's a line item on there every single year that says you're paying this amount of penalties and interest because you haven't been paying quarterly taxes and they don't even know that that's there. So, yeah, yeah. I would say as frightening as it may be, read at least just the first couple of pages of your return. If you had it professionally done as I'm raising my hand on this because there was one year I had the worst accountant. I actually took this story out of my book because I've had so much bad luck <laughs> with professionals in my financial life that it felt like a redundant story at, the, at that point in the book. Mm-hmm. But long story short, I had this CPA who's in jail now, by the way, oh, or, oh or first time. Um, yeah, I just had a fishy feeling about him. And so I quit him. I was like, 
I was a basic client. Like I didn't, I wasn't a millionaire. I was in my 20s, but he was someone who was referred to me. He was next door to my company's headquarters. So it was like convenience mostly. Mm -hmm. And he was taking me on almost as like a favor to his like other bigger, fancier clients. Mm -hmm. But two things, there's a point to this story. There were two things that red flagged me. One was it jogged my memory because you brought up review your tax report. So he's somebody who I should have been really confident in because I thought, well, he's got fancy high rolling clients. Like he's probably, he, he used to work for the IRS. So I was like, oh, he knows everything. Huh. And then come to get my one of my tax returns one year. He had I would always review it, but mm-hmm. I and I had told him all year long. I'm like, I'm getting married. Please let's have that reflected in this year's tax return. So just FYI, like he knew I there were multiple times I told him. Well, he files the report. I'm looking at it now. He says I'm single. So give him a call. You made the mistake. I should be married now. He's like, well, you never told me. And I said, I did. Here's the email. And he's like, well, that's going to, I'm going to have to amend this and there's going to be a charge. And I was like, yeah, I know. And you're going to pay it. Right. And he wanted me to pay for the charge. And I was like, nope, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. And then secondly, he was just also very, he was unkind. He was not very elegant. He was like always sort of almost like abusive, like, you know, where he, I would go into his office and he'd be like, I put my coat down on his chair and he'd be like, are you planning to stay for a while? Like, this is not an appointment. If you need an appointment, you need to make an appointment, you know? <laughs> like, whoa. Whoa. Like, I was like, okay, this is a, this is it. Like, no, bye. And then years later, turns out he was defrauding the IRS through his clients and went to jail. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I had my stuff audited, by the way, when I left his office, because I was like, I don't know if this guy is too many red flags, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I left and I had my stuff audited by another CPA. Good. And sorry for that big story in the middle of our interview, but it's all to support everything you're saying, which is that there are a lot of charlatans out there. And there are people Mm -hmm. also who don't really understand what you do. It's really important to know who you're working with. When people are looking for the right person to work with, what do you recommend as far as like their interview checklist? Yes. That is such a good question. I'm glad you asked. So I honestly, and this is not what you're going to hear elsewhere, but I think the number one thing is how do they make you feel? Like if you're sitting there and you're feeling judged or shamed, get out. (laughs) Cause that is just not a place where you're going to be able to open up and ask the questions. And, and I will illustrate with my own practice why this is so important. So I, I like to demonstrate through my empathy and by being very forward with how many mistakes I have made. I mean, I am a case study in how not to start out your tax life, but you know, over time and through learning from my mistakes, I'm an expert now. Um, But, but if you're sitting with somebody who um, doesn't makes you feel terrible, you're just not going to get anything out of it. I mean, in my practice, I have people who will like um, tell me that, you know, they're, they think their financial planner is bullying them. They will mm-hmm. tell me that they're thinking of leaving their spouse and they want to know how that's going to work out financially, or they're in terror because their husband always did the taxes and they don't know yeah. what's going on in their money at all. I mean, y- you cannot have those intimate conversations with somebody who you feel at a fundamental level doesn't respect you. So honestly, that is my number one most clear and important guideline. 
Yeah. Um, I also think that accountants just simply are not trained. They're trained to think that if they do the accounting well, that they're a good accountant and they're not trained in communicating. And um, it's just maybe the number one complaint I hear about other accountants that they just don't, they don't tell me when something is due. They don't like give me a heads up like, hey, your quarterly taxes are due in a month. Are you ready? Here's the numbers, you know. So communication is is probably the second one. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm just hearing like trust your gut a lot of times. It's I talk about red flags and how I love them. I think that they are the uh the gifts, you know, where if you're really tuned in and it's not like you want to overreact every time, but I think that for me when I sit with a red flag and I'm trying to figure out whether or not to react, Mm-hmm. And whether that means leaving or quitting this person or speaking up, it's that down the road, you know, if this behavior compounds or doesn't change, what what does that mean for me? You know, mm-hmm. and 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 if someone's personality is maybe look, everyone's different, but I think I believe in accountability. Like if somebody makes a mistake or if someone is not kind in a, in a setting, in a moment, but they say sorry and they acknowledge it and they apologize, like we can move on. But if there mm-hmm. is a, if there is a tension there, if there is a refusal to sort of accept I was in the wrong, then I think that is even, that is confirmation that that red flag needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. What are the opportunities? Let's turn this conversation around and talk about the good stuff, the opportunities for people who are self-employed in um, typically your clients, like the sort of visionary entrepreneurs. What are the tax opportunities that are often overlooked or that you're always sort of you know encouraging them to keep in mind as they earn and as they file their, their expenses? Yeah. So definitely tracking every deduction that you possibly can. And I have a a free guide you can get off my website if you're interested in that. But getting every deduction is important. Um, But even beyond that, I think people make the mistake of thinking when they pay for a professional to do their tax return, they think they're going to get a whole bunch of other stuff like advisement or tax planning or help with their quarterly tax payments. And, And that's just not how it works. I mean, that's not generally true. So two opportunities that are Really, honestly, for everybody, but I I don't see self-employed people taking advantage of enough are um, tax planning, which that's a boring term. So just to reframe that, I like to think of tax planning as finding the hidden money. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other one is tax advantaged accounts. And again, super boring. A better way to think of that is saving like a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, um, you know, the U.S. government creates these tax shelters for you on purpose in order to help you pay for big ticket items. The biggest ticket one being retirement, um, but also health savings and education for yourself and your children. Um, So using those accounts, knowing the absolute maximum dollar limit you can get in there, um, that's a, you know, and, and alongside tax planning, which is basically timing it so that you get all the money into those accounts that you can by the deadline every year. If you just do that, um, you generally will be not just saving more money, but actually making your money itself work harder for you because it's yeah. got less tax um, on it. Um, and so it grows faster in those accounts. 
Who are the other professionals that you think uh, your clients would benefit from working with? Are your clients usually ready for a, a, a financial professional? Uh, you know, as you're talking about tax prep, sometimes mm-hmm. your financial advisor is great to kind of look ahead and project some of the ways that you can like get some tax savings through your investments, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I. I'm a little unusual in the accounting space because I really like to speak to people who aren't ready for a bookkeeper, aren't ready for full-time accounting. And that's where the money is in that industry. So most people don't want to deal with the people that I love. Um, But I do think that at a certain point, if you run your own business, at a certain point, it is well worth it for you to outsource your bookkeeping. Um, A good bookkeeper is worth a lot. The people that I'm, you know, I'm teaching people how to bookkeep and how to get set up and how to maintain it. And it's actually really like good practice to know how it works before you hand it off. Um, Mm -hmm. If if anybody's going to scam you in your life, a bookkeeper is well positioned to. So like getting somebody very trustworthy is a really good, good idea. I think I saw a headline locally in my local paper that recently a bookkeeper was put in jail for embezzling from some clients. (laughs) I wonder how that's even possible. I mean, my bookkeeper doesn't have access to my money. This person Mm -hmm. is basically looking at my bank statements, um, which I all stream through QuickBooks. Mm -hmm. And then I might send a few other statements, but that's it. Like they're not, I guess I'm not, I guess that bookkeeper got a lot of uh, (laughs) access than, than normal. Sometimes bookkeepers are paying bills for you and stuff like that. I would say if a bookkeeper uh, actually has access to your accounts, I, I don't like that. No. There may be good reason for it, but I would be very, very hesitant to actually give any access. And in mm. fact, your bookkeeper or your your accountant um, should be very wary of getting any of that information. Like it's a liability to hold account information for your clients. And if they don't know that or feel concerned about it, then I would be a little distrustful. Um, so, um, you know, I've, I've most accountants I know, they, they like, um, they want their client to be the one with the access. They don't, they don't want to touch it. Right. Cause mm. it's right. You can be on the hook if there's a breach, right? Like right, that's actually right. a really big deal. Hannah, this episode is airing in July, which is not normally when I'm head down in tax stuff or even, you know, you're probably, this This could be your much needed break time. Yes. I, know, I asked my CPA a question the other day. She was like, unfortunately, we are all out of the office <laughs> for a much needed R&R session. I was like, got it, heard heard you. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, what can what can we be doing as creatives, as o- entrepreneurs to get a, an advantage or just get extra prepared? You know, I'm always frantic around January, February. How can I be best using this time to uh, do some tax work? Well, one thing you can do because it's about July 1st is the halfway point in the year. So if you can do your bookkeeping up to the halfway point, it's it's just a great idea because you can actually just double all your numbers to get a little rough projection of where you're headed for the year. That doesn't work for every business. If you're seasonal, if if 90% of your sales are in December because you everything is holiday sales, that's not going to work. But a lot of us, it does. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of do a little bit of project projections. You can, um, if you're an employee or your spouse is an employee, this is a really good time of year to do a paycheck checkup. The IRS has a little 
if you just Google paycheck checkup, the IRS has a little like, um, takes about 15 minutes. They have a little video tutorial and you can do that and um, see if your withholding is high enough. Um, the money that's taken out of every paycheck from yourself or your spouse. And you can file a new W-4 to adjust your withholding because you still have one half of the year for withholding to kick in. Um, and if you haven't budgeted for um, maxing out your IRA, your yeah. 401k, this is a really good time to kind of think through, okay, at this point in the year, I've put this much into my IRA. Will I max it out by the end of the year at this pace or should I up my contributions? Um, it's a good time to think about that. Yeah, for sure. I know for me, looking at my mid-year situation, uh, financial mm -hmm. situation, I'm thinking, hmm, we have six more months to the year. What is mm -hmm. maybe an additional revenue stream that I could create for myself? We have time, you know, whether that's like you want to coach some clients or you want to put out some new offers or extra offers. I think now is a great time. Summer is always a good time to sort of ramp up at least the ideating of a new revenue stream mm -hmm. and then use the fall to execute. Because I find that September, October, November, December, people are sort of back in the purchasing mode and in reinvesting in themselves or their businesses and things like that. That's why we see a lot of like workshops and events in the fall. Mm -hmm. So just putting that idea out there, y'all, if you want to make some money this fall, now's the time to be thinking about what it is you want to maybe do. That's where I'm at. Definitely true. This is the time of year that I like go through my course and I sort of update all the numbers for the year and make sure everything's up to date and do fixes and the sort of like backdoor, backend stuff. Um, work on my SEO maybe. Yeah, working on your SEO, your social media, however you reach your your folks. I mean, I'm actually right now working with somebody for strategic planning 2024. Whoa. Yeah. I've never yeah. really done this. This is a first for me to think uh, about what are some of the offerings. So I've never really been in the offering business. You know, I work mm -hmm. as a podcaster and author. I do events. I, um, I speak. I do brand partnerships. That's the, the majority of how I earn. But mm -hmm. I'm thinking now with the new book out and everything, and I'm maybe expanding my audience and my reach and my socials growing, maybe there is uh, a, another way to approach the business, not at the expense of anything else, but just like an additional way of like reaching people through online programs or more coaching? And what does that look like? How do I find these people? What do I price it at? So stay tuned, everybody. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever wanted to work with me or um, I have so much content, Hannah, right? So oh gosh, 20 yeah. plus years of doing this. It's like, how do I continue to spread the knowledge when I'm just one person Mm -hmm. And I don't like to scale. It's not about scaling for the sake of scaling, but it's just about like creating more impact. I love it. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Well, you heard it here first, everybody. And I got social proof from Hannah. But, you know, along those lines, like what do you find? We talked earlier in the show about shame and guilt and these sort of emotional mental blocks that we have. What are some of the other trip ups that you think uh, it's important to address as we are looking to expand our businesses. I mean, I think it's just this ongoing message with, especially in the creative community that like making too much money is, shouldn't be the goal and oh, everything's yeah. about 
purpose. And, but I'm like, you got to eat, you got to like support a family. You talked about being a mom. I mean, this, this stuff doesn't, you got to make the money and you should not feel bad about it. I totally agree. And I mean, there's been research about just how, um, girls are socialized versus boys. Like we talk to our female children and we say words like save, be careful, conserve. And we talk to our boys by saying, take risks, grow your money, grow wealth. Right. So like, we feel like it's because, you know, something is inherently wrong with us that we have these weird feelings without realizing like systemically, this is all like put on us and Mm -hmm. we have to take it off. And it's centuries of, of wiring. It's centuries of coding. I just interviewed Elise Lonin, Elise Lonin, who wrote about the seven deadly sins and how they targeted women. (laughs) Like, you know, we talked a lot about money and like the wanting of money Mm -hmm. and greed, right? Being one of the sins and how women disproportionately are given this message that if you want money and success, professional success, that you have your priorities really messed up, you it's know? It's totally true. It's it's really, and it makes it very difficult to grow a business, to grow your freelance work, your self-employment work when you're a woman, because you're fighting those messages all the time. Like I yeah. just, it's a lot of garbage you're swimming through. But I like to make sure that people realize like, But you have a vision, right? You're doing it because there's something, there's some like hole in the market. There's some problem you're solving. There's some unmet need that you're filling. You can do more of that when you make money. Like if you believe in the mission of what you're doing, then more money is more impact. Impact. And that's a great choice word. I think sometimes we get stuck on the words too. Like I was really Mm -hmm. stuck on the word power and I didn't like the word. And everybody Mm -hmm. would say, but more money is more power, Farnoosh. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really, uh, and that's not my love language. Like I don't want power to, because I thought power meant like power over, power to take on, power to, and Mm -hmm. and power has many use cases, right? And I was just thinking of sort of the domination version of power, which Mm -hmm. didn't speak to me and my personality and my pursuits. But then someone said to me, but there's also the power to uplift. There's the power to support. There's the power to give. And I thought, yeah, that's more me. So, okay, power it is, you know, but I had to sit with it for a bit. And sometimes I guess the point is like we get caught on the words that feel not really, they're not speaking to us, but that doesn't mean that we can't inherit and adopt those, those mentalities and those mindsets. Oh my gosh. Can I give you a couple of tax reframes? Just speaking of. Yes. Let's let's end on this tax reframes. Go. All right. So paying your taxes, patriotism, (laughs) Um, more fun ones, a budget. I think people think of budgets as like restrictive and awful, but a budget is kind of a list of your priorities. It's like reprioritizing. It's your freedom plan. Um, and the, the last one, speaking of power or impact, is um, retirement. Nobody likes to think of themselves as old, as frail, as getting sick, and it feels distant. But when you think of that pile of money that you accumulate for that purpose as FU money, yeah, now it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> so if I can encourage everybody to think of one thing differently, I would say develop a gigantic pile of FU money. That, yes. That will make all the difference. Yeah. Choose your words carefully. I like, I like that. Maybe we should do a whole other podcast on the words that we use to talk about money that can sometimes be the hangups, 
but the mm-hmm. reframes are so important. I remember I interviewed an author one, t- one time. She wrote a book about retirement, but she didn't call it retirement. She called it refirement. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Because um, her whole message was about how this is a chapter, a season in your life where you have now a lot of opportunity to reinvent yourself and go after the things that you truly, truly want because you've worked so hard and you've earned it. Mm, I love it. So good. Hannah Cole, thank you so much. We're going to share with everybody your links for your podcast, Sunlight, and your tax prep agency, Sunlight Tax dot com. And um, thank you. We'll have to have you back when it's actually closer to tax season because sure. all of this is, are all great reminders for us, especially when uh, we're really getting to it. We're really getting down to it. Oh, I love it. And if you want to bring some listener questions with you for the tax. Episode, yeah, maybe we'll do a totally. special Ask Farnoosh and Hannah. Mostly Ask Hannah because <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not a tax expert. I mean, I can get by, but you know, definitely I need the help too. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me so much for our news. Thanks so much to Hannah for joining us. Check out her work at sunlighttax.com. And I have more links in our show notes for her downloads and her podcast. I'll see you back here on Friday for Ask Farnoosh. Make sure to get in touch with your questions. You can email me farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. You can also direct message me on Instagram at Farnoosh Jarabi. Hope your day is so money. 